Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Good morning, everyone out there in podcast world. We are so glad that you have tuned in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I'm your host, Justin. And hey, we're helping you turn cities upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we're giving you scriptural motivation and strategies that will help you get out there and get some stuff done for Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for being here, friends. We consider it an honor to be able to gather together with you every week right here wherever you're at around the world. We're, we're, we're family. We're stuck together now. Hallelujah. And so we just, we're honored to get into the word together with you. Hey, uh, you know, but uh, something that we've been doing, we're sending CDs out. That's right. Free CDs. It's our way of saying, look, we, we love you. We bless you. And I'm telling you, it's helping to get the word out. And you know, somebody, I'm thinking, you know, somebody that probably needs some encouragement. And, uh, hey, this is a good way to do that. Send them a free gift, right? If you know somebody that would be blessed by one of our uh, podcast episodes, like this one right here, this was episode 85, Laws of the Spirit. This was a really good one. Then we'd love to mail it to them at no charge. You can't beat a deal like that, friends. like Christmas every day. Hallelujah. The Lord said to get the word out there. And uh, maybe this was one or another one. You can look in our, our archives. You can pick out any one of those episodes Send us an email at hello at gracecitychurch.tv with their name and address, and we'll get it out to them at no charge. Or maybe you would like one. I'll send you one too. Send me your name, send me your address, and we'll get it out to you today. Hallelujah, friends. It's going to be awesome. Oh, God is good to us. Man, we're so thankful. Hey, let me invite you to participate in a project that we've got going on. We're calling it the Studio Project, and we've got a building Uh, on our property here and the Lord said to put some studio sets inside of it and uh, we believe we can fit three studio sets one of them is like a sit-down interview style you know couch and chair Uh, the other one is an expanded podcast studio if you're watching me now you can see the studio a little bit in the background here Uh, we can expand it do some other things to this set if we move it over there and then the last set is what we're calling Equippers Academy and Equippers University, it'd be kind of like a sit-down headshot, more like educational uh, teaching style. And that's so we can start people out on the milk of the word. New believers can get on there. And we can start bringing them up into a mature believer, statued believer, a statured believer in Christ Jesus, all the way up to like a university level, the meat of the word. Hallelujah. And so if you want to participate in that, we invite you to help us accomplish that vision several ways that you can give. All, all um, gifts are tax deductible, but you can go to our website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give, follow the instructions in the drop-down menu, select studio project. And I thank you in advance, friends. Hallelujah. The podcast has gone all over the world and uh, we're just believing to extend that reach, getting the word. I'm believing it's a timely word. People are hearing exactly what they need to hear at the right time. And you are helping us to accomplish that. Hallelujah. All right, well, let's pick up on our thought. We started looking at purpose last week. Let's pick up on our thought. And uh, we were in Matthew chapter 20. And here we found out that Jesus has uh, committed himself to Father's plan. We found out in John 4, Jesus said, I must finish my Father's work. 
Then in Matthew 20, Jesus goes out at different points throughout the day. So we have this idea here that there's this one plan that has spanned the ages. Jesus has gone out in the morning of that plan, at the beginning of that plan. He's recruited people. And then he's gone out in the afternoon. And then in Matthew 20, it even says that uh, he's gone out, let's see, in the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour. And then in verse 6 of Matthew 20, it says that he's even gone out in the 11th hour or the final moments, and he's recruiting people. He's hiring people. He's saying, look, don't stand out here idle. Uh, if, if you don't get involved in my work, basically, he's saying you're going to be judged as idle. We covered that. We said a lot of people define idle as inactivity. We said, no, idleness is purposeless activity. And so Jesus is helping to awaken you to the reason why you were born. And that's to work for him, friends. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. It's to work for him. And he's saying, come work for me. And in effect, we're working for the heavenly father and uh, accomplishing the plan that has spanned the ages as it concerns man. And so we have uh, began to talk about waking up to our purpose. Now, let's go a little bit deeper here. If if you need to go back and listen to the last episode to catch up, you need to do that because we're going to jump in a little bit deeper here. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 6. And uh, this is a phenomenal passage here, Jeremiah chapter 6. I'm going to turn there in my Bible. If you got your Bibles, you can turn there as well. Jeremiah, there it is, 17, 13, here we go, getting close. All right, Jeremiah 6, and it says this, verse 16. Uh, this uh, this says the Lord, stand in the way and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. And then you will find rest for your souls. But notice their response. But they said, we will not walk in it. Now, <clears throat> again, from our last episode, we looked at Hebrews chapter 11, and we found out that we are a part of a singular work. Different people have gone out at different times and they've worked on different sections or legs or there's been time frames in which others have worked, uh, past generations. They've done their work. They were found faithful. Now they're a part of the cloud of witnesses, those who have discovered their work in him, discovered their purpose in Christ Jesus. They're in the cloud of witnesses now. And Hebrews told us that they're waiting on our finish. Now, for you and I to get involved in a singular work, some people think that the world revolves around them. Well, it doesn't. (laughs) You and I are to find out where the last work um, ended, basically, where the last generation, those that we're uniquely connected with, we're to locate where their work came came to a close, and we're to find out where we get into their work and pick up on their work, come in up under their work, join into their work. Remember, Jesus said, I've placed you into the labors of others. Well, we have to pay attention then to find out where that work is, to find out where their work ended, where they uh, set the work tools down, and where we're to pick those work tools up and to uh, seamlessly uh, pick up on that work and begin our own labors. We're not unique in the sense of like every generation God starts new. No, Uh, we are added into previous works. And so this is why we have to pay attention. We have to locate Where has this come from and where is it going? And this is where Jeremiah 6 kind of picks up on on this thought here. It's like you need to stand. uh, Another translation says you're at a crossroads. 
and you need to find out which way you're supposed to go. But he's given you the answer to the test. He says you need to find out where uh, things have come from. You need to locate the old way. You need to find out what God has begun. That's the old way. You need to locate what he has started so that you can find your place in it so you can pick up right there on what he's been doing in order for you to finish well. Hallelujah. Uh, let's see here. He's <clears throat> uh, basically saying in Jeremiah 6, this is a temptation that you and I are going to face, that we may not want the work. We may not want to get in to what he's been doing. We may not want that old way. Notice what they said. No, that's not the road that we want. That's not the work that we want. That's not what we want to do. We want to do something else. Now, this this brings up this idea here of something that you and I have been faced with. Uh, it's a decision that we have to make, whether we're cognitive of it or not. But let me give you kind of a front row seat on what you're going to deal with here. If there's a there's a thing called mo- or a word. It's modernism. There's a concept. It's called modernism. What is modernism? Modernism or the spirit of modernism is conscious breaking or cutting of ties with the past. The conscious breaking or cutting of ties with the past. Now, here's the problem with that, because this is where a lot of people are. They're standing at a crossroads, and Jesus is saying, you need to look for the old way, because if you'll find out uh, the beginning of, of a thing, then you can get in and get on track for that work to find its finish. But if we dishonor those that have gone before us, if we dishonor work that has gone on before us, then we cut ourselves off from reaping the benefits or we cut ourselves off from locating our place in that work. Um, Those of us at the finish, remember in the last podcast, we're talking about we're the finishing generation. Those of us at the finish have the synergy. We have the privilege of the synergy and the access to the accumulative momentum of the generations that have gone before us. Only if you and I can recognize the old way. Um, here's something that we need to think about here. If we don't honor God's beginnings, we will not be on track for God's finish. Listen, this is how we're judged idle. If you and I cannot get into the labors, again, from the last episode, we, we talked about Jesus's whole purpose here is to finish Father's business, to accomplish Father's work. You and I have found ourselves recreated in Christ Jesus, meaning we're located in the body of Christ somewhere. We might be hands, feet, etc. But but the anointing that has come upon us is the same anointing. The work that you and I are participating in is the same work that Jesus has agreed to. And that's this plan that has started the redemption of mankind and its various elements. We might know it as dispensations. Uh, we mentioned that we are in the time of the Gentiles right now, according to he- uh, excuse me, not Hebrews, but Romans 10, Romans 11. And uh, The gospel is to go out to all creatures, all nations everywhere, even into the very furthest parts of the earth, which is Australia, the New Zealand area, those islands over there. That's what the Bible defines as the furthest parts of the earth. Our work is associated uh, locating the anointings and the graces that are in Christ Jesus and the time in which we live. But so many people are outside of their work because they haven't looked to notice where did this thing begin 
And where am I at on the timeline? And where is this to finish? Well, you won't know where it's to land. You won't know where it's to finish if you refuse to acknowledge its beginning. Now, you and I, uh, while we've mentioned the cloud of witnesses, and while there's the generic cloud, that's all believers who have gone on. They've finished their race here on the earth. They've finished their work here. Now they're in the heavenly cloud. Uh, while we are connected to everybody up there, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, you are uniquely associated with certain ones that have gone before. Like, like literally, there is a um, there is a unique work. There is a unique grace. There is a unique anointing in which you function in. And uh, let's say for us, say we have unique connections, relationships with Brother Hagen. Uh, we have unique relationships with Jeannie Wilkerson. We have unique relationships with John G. Lake. And there's reasons why these relationships are important. It's because they're God-defined relationships. We didn't create these. We didn't ar uh, arbitrarily just decide these things. Remember Acts 17? He's the one that sets the boundaries of our dwellings. He's the ones that arranges our times and seasons. Remember, we don't choose our work. We're told what our work is. God defines relationships. He places us into the labors of others. Now, there's reasons why, uh, like our ministry is uniquely associated with these ministry graces, these ministry anointings, these particular people. It's, it's because we were placed into their labors. So we have unique associations with uh, certain ones in the cloud of witnesses because uh, we're in the trajectory of their particular work. Now, it, it, if, if, if I was to locate what my purpose is, I would have to be keenly aware of whose labors I've been brought up in and under. These are defined not by me. These are defined by the Lord Jesus. He's the one who's wooing people. You know, some, some people are moving across the country. Some people are going across the world. What are they doing? They're following the call of God. Remember, he told Abraham, get up from your father's house and go to a place in which I will show you. What's he doing? He's aligning him. He is locating him. He is defining his boundaries. And he brought him to a land in which he was to work. He brought him into a land of promise and he said, this is where you're to be. Your work is associated with this place, these people, here's what I'm doing. And of course, you know, that was rolled out to him. Uh, the father revealed to him, made covenant with him concerning what his work was going to be. And you can see how that work right there, you know, if we go back to say Father Abraham, you can see how that work started with Abraham, how it has affected generation after generation after generation even all the way up to you and I now. Now, we are uniquely, again, uniquely connected with people that have gone before us. Again, like Brother Hagen, Jeannie Wilkerson, John G. Lake, there's been others, uh, Tim and Charmaine Phillips, people that have been in the trajectory and God locating me, God moving and adjusting me, God defining relationships for me, you know, by saying like, these are spiritual parents, these are spiritual mentors, these are spiritual fathers. What are spiritual fathers? Well, it's God's mechanism for inheritance. It's how he gets anointing and graces. Uh, 
uh, when you come and you serve, say, a spiritual father, and you are, say, a spiritual son or daughter. And I know these terms have been abused, exaggerated, et cetera, but I'll, you know, if we boil them down to their basic, uh, basic meaning and function. You know, I was a son of the house under my spiritual parents, my direct spiritual parents, uh, you know, Tim and Charmaine Phillips. Uh, and, and, and what, what, what did the Lord do? He defined that relationship. He began to define my work, my purpose, my assignment. And I became a son of the house in order to be set up spiritually speaking, you know, legally speaking to be set up as an inheritor, come on, of the harvest or the labors of those who have gone before me. You know, people, People tell me that I minister like so-and-so or I sound like so-and-so or there's similar anointings that remind them of so-and-so. Why is that? Because I'm uniquely associated with their work. So there's a grace, a tooling. There is anointings that come upon you that's associated with your work or your part in the field. Jesus himself is gracing you, gifting you so that you can be faithful in what he's called you to do. And this is why some people associate certain ministers with other ministers, because there are similar uh, graces, similar anointings that came on them because they're associated with the same work. It's not because they're trying to simply uh, mimic or parrot or emulate. You know, if you try and do all that in the flesh, you're just going to get off. It's going to get weird. But, but when it happens, spiritually speaking, it's because the same work, you are in the same work, at least the trajectory of work. Now, you're in a different time period. You're in a different part of the work. And there may be nuances to that work because uh, it's not the exact same work because they already did a part of their labor. That was moving it forward, if you will, uh, bringing the labors into a, a place of maturity or the Bible uses the term of harvest, but it's fullness, it's maturity. This is where everything's going, the end of days, the fullness of the days, the fullness of the times. Another way of saying maturity. We're coming into a glorious demonstration. You know, we're likened unto uh, something that is maturing, like you start out in an infantile stage, but then as it begins to develop and grow, faith to faith, glory to glory, grace upon grace, strength to strength, then we're coming into a fuller expression of it. Well, you are somewhere along the, uh, uh, along the timeline. And Jesus talks about in John 4 that we're in the time of the harvest or the time of fullness. Well, you, you would substantiate that because we're in the last days. You know, uh, Peter recognized 2,000 years ago, uh, he recognized the beginning of the fifth day. Well, you and I are at the end of the sixth day. And so the work is coming into a completion. So you and I, we recognize where on the timeline we're born, okay? Then noticing where we're at on the timeline, then we're able to discern or ascertain what our work is. Now, let me give you this and I'll move off of this. You and I's work has, has to do with the glory, the, the glorious bride, the glorious church, uh, you're, you and I are working in the maturity of all things. And it's not because of anything we've done. It's because uh, the right of the timeline. It's our work. 
We're reaping where we haven't sown. We're reaping, working in the maturity of spiritual things. Wow, what a privilege to be invited into this work. We're working with a fullness of activity where other generations uh, had to work with the beginning things. You and I are working with a, a greater expression, more powerful expression. We're working in glorious demonstrations and manifestations. Jesus said even the greater works, which is what? A more mature function, display, manifestation of the glory of the Lord, of um, the light of truth. You know, it talks about that the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter and brighter. That is because of the work. That is because of the maturing. All right, so you and I are in those things. We're in the mature functions. Hallelujah. And it's not because of how awesome we are. It's just, it's the work. And so he's fast-tracking us, educating us on how we are to be found faithful in these days. All right, so Jeremiah says this, though. It brings this thought up. It says, you know, in order for you to recognize your work, you're going to have to find out. You're going to have to look here and find out where did this thing start. For example, in my situation, again, I'm an inheritor of this ministry. Um, He placed me into the labors of others. I inherited. It's it's a spiritual concept. That's, That's why I'm a son, because sons inherit. Slaves don't inherit. Sons inherit. And so I became a son because God defined these relationships. He said, you know, to me, these are spiritual fathers and mothers. These are spiritual mentors. These are ones who have gone before you. This is your work. Now notice the trajectory of the work. Look back at the crossroads. Look down the timeline and see what the work is and then find yourself in it. This is what we're talking about, though. Some people dishonor that. The spirit of modernism tries to cut ties with anything that's old and says, no, 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 I don't want any of that. Well, if you don't locate God's beginnings, you, you, my friend, will never finish. You won't finish. He's not starting fresh with you. He's not starting over with you. He's continuing on with you. You are not that unique. You are not that special. You are not a one-off, okay? We are just one of millions that have said, yes, show me where my place is. Show me where my location is. Show me what my boundaries are. Tell me what my grace is. Reveal to me what the parameters of my anointing is. And I will give you my physical body. I will be a living sacrifice. I will come to work for you. Matthew Matthew 20. I don't want to be judged idle. I mean, I could be doing all this kind of stuff. You know, I, 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 I could be doing that if I wanted to. I could do that if I wanted to. I could be this if I wanted to. Or I could choose purpose, which is synonymous with his purpose. I could choose my purpose again, which is synonymous with his purpose, and I can yield to his definitions. Listen, this is where people struggle, man. This is where people struggle. They don't want to honor their parents. Uh, See, the spirit of modernism tries to disconnect you from anything. You don't want to look like your parents. You don't want to sound like your parents. You don't want to walk like your parents. 
you don't want what your parents have except for their money. Uh, you want them to fund everything, but you don't want to yield. Come on to the trajectory here. You don't want to yield to what began in them. You want to be your own person. That, that's the spirit of modernism. I'm saying if you're plagued with the spirit of modernism, and I believe that you're not, if you have been, you need to repent of it. You need to get that off of you. Because what it's trying to do is disconnect you from the synergy. It's trying to disconnect you from the momentum. It's trying to disconnect you from the anointings and the accumulative effect of all the work that has been going on. And I'm talking about in particularly unique to your assignment. Uh, you know, there's kind of like subsets here. You know, there's the plan of Heavenly Father. And then there's like individual parts of that field. Jesus talked about a field, right? Hiring you to come into the field, all right? So meta metaphorically speaking here. But there's different areas of that field and there's different anointings that you may specialize in, but it didn't originate with you, friend. It did not originate with you. That, that, this, is, this is the devilish demonic strategy that is actually short-circuiting the power in people's ministries or in their lives is because they disconnect from the group that was directly uh, before them but if you disconnect from that group, then you disconnect from the ones before them and the ones before them and the ones before them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you disconnect that flow. You know, uh, again, I'm so thankful for, for, for my uh, spiritual parents, Tim and Charmaine Phillips, but then even, you know, uh, Brother Hagen is a spiritual father, you know, and then John G. Lake. Jeannie Wilkerson. Listen, there are unique relationships. God had people uniquely placed. Like in, and when I say John G. Lake, I'm just not arbitrarily trying to associate myself with some somebody. When this church was launched uh, many years ago, many decades ago, when this church was launched, the Lord sent a lady by the name of Lydia Berkey who worked closely with John G. Lake. He sent her to our church to begin to pray in its foundation, to pray in uh, the plan of God. God joined her with the beginning of our ministry, and, and she was carrying something from John G. Lake. I'm, we're not just making up associations. We're not making up connections. You know, I mean, it's not like we're just picking out a list of people and say, yeah, I think I'll, I'll associate myself with them. No, God defines relationships. So that th those unique works, these people were connected, right? There was a labor Lydia Berkey was placed into. Then God maneuvered her, placed her into these labors. Why? For inheritance, for inheritance, for inheritance. Come on, for inheritance. You've got to locate the trajectory of work. And then Brother Hagen. Uh, Jeannie Wilkerson, she was at our church in 1982, uh, prophesied things that were associated with our ministry, the things that God was revealing to her, how she worked with us. Uh, Brother Hagen, she was connected with Brother Hagen. We were connected with Brother Hagen. My spiritual parents, Pastor Tim and Charmaine, they were charter members of Ramah. They got in close there. Why? Because God defined their boundaries. Jesus chooses your work for you. You don't choose your work. You yield to your work. And so you've got to look back and you can say, oh, I see. 
Oh, I see where this thing started. Oh, I see where this thing started. It's not originating with Justin. Justin isn't special. I'm just a recipient of work that has been uh, you know, moved forward. Jesus says, this is where I want you to get in to that which I started back there. I want you to get into it here. And those anointings and graces, those tools, that equipping will come on you and it will, um, it will be what you use to be found faithful in this season, uh, in this time of your assignment, in this generation, on the earth, in your work. And I'm telling you, it's foolish, friends. Absolutely foolish. You know, I, I had this guy tell me to stop mentioning Brother Hagen in my messages because nobody knows who Brother Hagen is. And, may, and, may, and maybe you're going, well, I don't know who Brother Hagen is, but I do. I do. And there is a recognition. We're not trying to make an idol out of anybody. That's not the point. You can get off into error, exaggeration, etc. That's not the point. The point in me recognizing Brother Hagen is recognizing the anointing that I'm functioning in. You want know, to talk about Jeannie Wilkerson or Sister Lydia or John G. Lake or Tim and Charmaine. It's not because we're trying to make something out of these people. We are acknowledging where we came from. We are acknowledging the uniqueness of our calling. We are acknowledging um, our spiritual heritage. You know, somebody might look at you or me and say, man, you just, you look like your parents. Well, because I came from them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, somebody might say, man, you look a lot like your brother or your sister. Well, yeah, because we're related. Well, there are spiritual relations, you understand? People that are related, uniquely associated because of the work. It's a similar work. If somebody says, you sound like so-and-so, it's not because you've tried to, in the natural or in the flesh, tried to mimic them. It's because the same tools that were given to them by the Lord Jesus Christ are the tools you picked up in your place for your assignment. That's the tools that were laying there. And so this guy was like, man, you don't need to mention Brother Hagin any, any, any more in your messages because nobody knows who he is. And I was like, well, well, I do. And it's important for me to honor God's beginnings or I won't find my finish. If I don't know where to pick up my tools, if I don't know who handed me the baton, I don't even know where I'm going. I have no idea where I will be found faithful if I can't track, come on, where this thing began and where this thing came from. Now go to Jeremiah chapter five. Jeremiah chapter five. Oh man, notice what Jesus does here. Wow, wow, wow. Now remember in the last episode, we, we talked about how Jesus was asking these people, why are you idle? Why are you standing here idle? Again, it's not that they weren't doing anything. It's their activity, their work was purposeless. They hadn't located the reason uh, they were born. And so no matter what you do, friends, and I'm, I'm trying to be mean, but you can do whatever you want to do. But unless you locate the purpose, remember Ephesians 2.10, we're talking about Psalm 139.16. I mean, there are so many scriptures that begin to say that God has a plan. Jeremiah is a great example. Uh, it says that before Jeremiah was born, God knew him. Same thing for you, for you and me. God 
knew us before we were born. Seed time and harvest. You and I are a product of that. We were seeded into the earth. And in a seed is judgment. In a seed is destiny. An apple seed, it's judged an apple. It's locked in there. Its destiny is to produce apples. Now, it may wind, wind up being a dud. You understand what I mean? There are factors, you and I, there's a lot of resistance. There's a lot of temptation for us to not produce or become what we've been destined to be. We have an enemy of our soul. There is a deceiver, Satan. And so there's temptation trying to lure us away from being faithful to what we're called to. Uh, the Bible says train up a child in the way they should go. The, uh, the, uh, the ancient Jews knew exactly what, what that verse meant. It means that God put something in them, just like Jeremiah. He ordained him, called, called, called destined, judged him to be a prophet to the nations. And it was up to Jeremiah to yield to his work. And, and the Jews knew that in Proverbs where it says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. They knew that something on the inside would be le uh, uh, leaning, bent, a, a, a bent, a bend, a lean, something on the inside. It was that heavenly calling would try to, to produce and it's up to us as parents or spiritual parents or leaders, those who are watching over people's souls, to encourage the God call on the inside of them, to encourage the purpose and the calling of God on the inside of people. And we're not to tell them, you can be whatever you want to be. That would be a lie. They are called to be something, and we need to encourage them to locate that calling or you and I will be judged idle, and we don't want that. All right, look at Jeremiah 5. Look at this in verse 23. Oh, man, this is, this is strong. But he said, this people, they have a defiant and rebellious heart. They have revolted and departed. Verse 24, watch this. They do not say, they do not say. That, that's, that's, that stood out to me strong. He says, they do not say in their heart. They don't have an internal meditation. This is not an internal dialogue. It's, it's not even in, in the realm of their thinking. Notice what he is judging them defiant and rebellious for. The fact that they are not keeping in the forefront of their thinking and in their mind and in their meditation and in their imagination. Notice this. Verse 24, they do not say in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God who gives rain, both the former and the latter, in its season. He reserves for us the appointed weeks of the harvest. Wow, there is so much in, in this. And, and as we bring this podcast to a close, we'll start to unpack this a little bit here. Here's what he says that is causing them to be determined as defiant and rebellious is because they are not even considering the fact that God appoints times and seasons. Now, he's saying to them, look, I give you, I'm appointing things for you. I'm appointing rain in the season. I appoint the rain in the former and the latter. And I'm appointing weeks for uh, times, weeks, seasons for harvest for you. Notice what he's saying. That's not even in your heart. You are not even acknowledging that God is what appoints certain things for you. They didn't talk about their reserved spot in time because 
They didn't care or they didn't know that God has reserved a, uh, an appointed place for them in time. They didn't know that God has, has reserved a place for them in his work. See, you and I are catching up with some additional thoughts from the New Testament here, like from John 4. He said, I'm placing you in your work. And he's saying, listen, you're going to be judged rebellious if you don't, if, if you don't allow that concept to get big on the inside of you, that I've been reserved for something. Something has been reserved for me. There's a time and a season. There's an appointment that has been set aside for me. What is that, friends? That's your work. And, and, and it's the time in which you were born. That, that's all been appointed by God. And so we need to let that grow in our hearts. We need to let that get big. Wow, I have been born on purpose, with purpose. He has reserved for me an appointed time on the earth. Oh, man, hallelujah. That is huge, friends. That is glorious. Hallelujah. Now, some people, they just flat don't care. And this is what he's saying. Okay, we're connecting uh, Jeremiah 5, 23 and 24 with Jeremiah 6, 16. He said some people don't even want that road. Some people don't even want to acknowledge that God has a reservation for them. God has an appointment for them. Remember uh, Psalm 139, 16, David, he had a, 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 a heavenly vision that all the days of his life were written down in a book where all those days have been reserved for you. There's an appointment. The day of your birth was the beginning of those days that were written in God's book. You didn't just suddenly appear on the earth and God's going, who is this person? No, you came from him. And just like Jeremiah, you have been seated. You have been destined. You have been judged, 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 judgment. In a seed is judgment. If it's been judged apple seed, there's no changing that. And it's going to be judged on the fruit that it produces in accordance with its calling, with its purpose, just like you and I. And this is why Jesus in Matthew 20, he goes out and he says, listen, you're going to be judged idle if you don't start producing fruit in accordance with your purpose. Hallelujah. And friends, I want to encourage you that if you need to repent, just, just repent. If you realize, wow, I've been doing my own thing. It, I realize I'm like these people in Jeremiah 5. I haven't even cared if God has had any appointments for me. I haven't even, even concerned myself at all with if there's something that's been reserved for me to do. Well, listen, friends, all you have to do is repent and get on track today. He's going to help you. He loves you, but he's got a plan for you. And uh, you want to discover that. Listen, on the inside of you, you know if you're not hitting it. You know if you're way off because something is, you are unsettled. Jeremiah 6, 16 says, if you choose the old way, the eternal way, what's he saying? You get in your place on in, in the plan. He said, in that place, when you get on the right track, when you get in your, in your place, in the trajectory, he said, you will find rest for your souls. And I'm telling you, friends, if you've been restless, it, that restlessness is actually testifying to you that you haven't quite yet stepped into the fullness of what he has for you. 
Have no fear, friends. Jesus is going to help you. Now, let me pray with you. And then, of course, if you need some extra prayer, you can reach out to us. But Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for those who are listening. Father, I thank you. They're they're wanting to know what you've called them to do. I'm coming into agreement with them right now. I'm coming into agreement with you, friends. You're going to find that place. You are going to yield to your work because it's in that work. You're going to have rest for your souls. And I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you're making. I don't care how famous you are. If you haven't located your purpose, you're going to be judged idle. And you don't want that. And he doesn't want that. And there may be a little bit of a process of discovery here. But I'm telling you, friends, you're going to find what you were born for. And then you're going to experience a miracle. The Bible talks about redeeming the time. You're going to experience a miracle, friends. Once you get right in the middle of what God's called you to do, I'm telling you, something supernatural is going to take 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 place. And he's going to redeem every lost moment. I'm telling you, you will be found faithful, friends. Well done. Good and faithful servants is what you and I are, are going to hear in the name of Jesus. All right, friends, reach out to us. If you need some extra prayer or somebody just to kind of Uh, pray with you concerning anything, you can call us at 870-741-9099. Leave a message. Somebody will follow up with you. Or you can send us an email at at hello at gracecitychurch.tv. Well, listen, uh, tune in again next week. We'll pick up on our thought. We'll go a little bit further here. But thank you so much for being here with me today. It's been an honor. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. And until next time, my friends, be blessed. Be blessed.